Welcome to the Alternate Products Podcast. We're at the ADA in Las Vegas, Nevada, and our guest is Dr. Van Haywood. Dr. Haywood is a professor at the School of Dentistry at the Medical College of Georgia. He is a bleaching expert. In 1989, he co-authored the first ever publication in the world on night guard vital bleaching, which we know as at-home bleaching. He has also performed significant research on bleaching tetracycline stains and has published over 70 articles on night guard vital bleaching. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Haywood. Uh, First of all, could you explain to us whitening the actual process that the peroxide goes through to whiten your teeth? Well, thanks for inviting me, first of all. We're not sure what's changing color in the teeth, but the, the phenomenal thing we found out is that hydrogen peroxide and carbamide peroxide goes all the way through the enamel, all the way through the dentin to the pulp in 5 to 15 minutes. So we're actually changing the color inside the tooth and primarily changing the color of dentin. Most of the tooth color is found in dentin, and, and enamel is only a translucent protective covering that goes over that. And so we measured... Uh, the rate of color change and found out that the color of the dentin next to the pulp changes just as fast as the color of the dentin next to the enamel. And so it's just uh, uh, all the way through the tooth, 5 to 15 minutes, changing the color of the dentin all the way down to the pulp. Great. And what that makes me think of is two things with bleaching that a lot of doctors aren't aware that you can do. First is bleaching under and around and over brackets, orthodontic brackets, and the other is bleaching when you have veneers in place. Right. When we first started doing our research, we thought we could just box off half the tooth with wax or tape or something and bleach the other half and compare the two sides. And what we found out was that because of the capillary action of the tooth and how permeable it was, that the peroxide bleached both sides uniformly. So that that made us realize that you can bleach underneath any existing restoration. So if you have veneers that you place on a patient and they don't seem to be light enough when you first put them on, before you would cut them off, the first thing to do if you haven't bleached the teeth already is to go ahead and bleach the teeth from the lingual. And we just make a conventional tray I actually use with that, I use a non-scallop, no reservoir tray because you'll mess up the occlusion if you put any kind of spacers on the lingual and put the, the uh, 10% carbamide peroxide on the lingual and it'll go all the way through from the lingual to the facial and it'll bleach the underlying tooth which will make the porcelain veneer or the composite veneer get lighter. Conversely, if you've already got a restoration on the tooth, it's going to bleach underneath that. Uh, so if you already got orthodontic brackets on the tooth, you're not going to leave a little square spot where the bracket was attached because it's going all the way under bleaching the tooth. What people often see, though, is when they take off the orthodontic brackets, they see a square spot. But that's the composite that was used to bond the orthodontic mm-hmm. bracket in place that got down in the first 25 microns of etched enamel. So, And the tooth got whiter uh, from the bleaching, so now the yellow chemical cured composite really stands out, but it's not the color of the tooth, it's the composite that needs to be sanded off the tooth. The tooth bleaches uniformly all the way through facial to lingual. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Gives a lot more options too, both cases, veneers and ortho. Ortho, if you want to bleach just before the brackets come off, so you really get that wow factor. Mm -hmm. And the veneers, like you said, just brightening up those existing veneers if they're not white enough. Yeah, and if, you know, before you're doing veneers, we always recommend you try bleaching first because number one, it may eliminate the need for veneers. But number two, if you're trying to put veneers on malpositioned teeth and, and you're going to basically straighten them out, by restorative orthodontic treatments, then in some parts of veneers you're going to be on enamel, some parts you're going to be in in dentin or close to it. And so the color of the tooth is not going to be uniform, and therefore you'd have to use a very opaque veneer to make that look better. So you're always better to get Mm -hmm. the substrate of the tooth as light as possible and then come back and do whatever composite or porcelain veneers that you need to do on the top to get the best-looking smile. True. 
One of the other things that uh, is kind of interesting, the side effect of bleaching is that carbamide peroxide uh, has been used as carriage control. And so what I'm actually doing now with both orthodontic patients and with elderly patients is using the side effect we found with bleaching to actually clean their teeth, because that's the way it was discovered. Remember Bill Kluschmeyer had a patient out in Fort Smith, Arkansas in the late 60s. She was in an automobile accident and she had a, he was an orthodontist, and he had an orthodontic positioner and he needed to send her to the periodontist. He was worried about her gums getting infected. So he put mm. uh, glyoxide, which is an oral antiseptic, in the orthodontic positioner and lo and behold, two weeks later, her teeth were white. So it's used as an oral antiseptic originally before it became a bleaching material. So it's out of now we're going back to that same sort of era where they were using carbamide peroxide in the 60s and, and the 50s to try to cut down on caries in, in children and stuff. And what we found out is that carbamide peroxide elevates the pH in the mouth up above 8. And you can't get caries if your pH is above 7. So once you get above that, you're going to get plaque. I mean, you're going to get calculus, but you're not going to get caries. You have to get acidic levels to be able to do that. I also found out that carbamide peroxide kills one of the two bacteria that causes tooth decay. It kills lactobacilli. So it also kills it down in the fissures of occlusal molars and stuff. Jim Summit at uh, Texas just published that paper, but we found out that it, uh, in agar studies and stuff like that, that it does a 100% kill on lactobacilli. So it elevates wow. the pH, it kills the back, one of the two bacteria that cause tooth decay, and it takes the plaque off the teeth. So that's actually how we discovered uh, the tetracycline stuff, is we had a patient who at the end of six weeks, his teeth were still not white, but he made the comment that because it takes the plaque off his teeth, his hygienist thinks he's brushing and flossing, he wanted to keep bleaching. So he did, and lo and behold, three months later, his teeth got white, and his teeth were still clean. So nicotine, that he was a nicotine smoker. That's where we found out about the months of that. Uh, but it took the plaque off, and it, and it just kept them squeaky clean. That's what the patients will tell you. So now what we're doing is working on finding the right kind of ingredient that we can either use over orthodontic brackets to clean around them so patients won't get white spot lesions. Uh, and again, it may or may not whiten their teeth, but most people who are going through orthodontics want to have white teeth anyway, so True. that's why they're going through orthodontics. So that's not a negative side effect there. And then we're using uh, bleaching trays on elderly patients to try to take the plaque off, elevate their pH so they don't get these root caries. Because as they get older, their saliva um, starts to dry up, they're on medications, all that stuff slows down the saliva flow. And you have these patients who have been caries free for 50 years and all of a sudden they're getting root caries around these gorgeous restorations and they, these furcations, they have a gingival mm -hmm. recession and things like that. And so we're trying to, to keep from doing that and they can't get in there and clean it anyway because they got uh, manual dexterity problems. They just, they can't manage to get around hemisected molars. They got crowns and stuff. And so we're using carbamide peroxide in a custom fitted tray for them to wear at night to elevate the pH, kill one of the two bacteria, and take the plaque off. Mm. So it's, it's one of those, if you've got a patient in that situation, what do you got to lose? I mean, they're already losing. Fluoride's not going to do it because they got so much plaque and you can't get it in there. So you take uh, carbamide peroxide, and I've had them as long as five years with no caries wow. after doing that. So the caries control in orthodontic patients, the caries control in elderly patients is one of the side effects we're working on. So I, my career has evolved from bleaching and then bleaching tetracycline stained teeth and nicotine teeth into treating sensitivity with potassium nitrate now into caries control in um, children in orthodontics and elderly folks who've had recession and stuff from carbamide peroxide. And the secret is the tray. 
I mean, getting a tray that holds the material in there long enough for the chemical to do the work that, is, that it needs to do. And again, I, I'm a favorite of carbamide peroxide because it has urea in it. And urea is what elevates the pH and gives it that uh, long, slow time release activity. So I'm, I'm a, a fan of overnight bleaching, although daytime will bleach and will do it. It just takes a little bit longer. I'm a fan of carbamide peroxide, although hydrogen peroxide will lighten the teeth. It just takes a little bit longer. That's what mm-hmm. all the studies show. So, uh, you know, that's why I always say that 10% carbamide peroxide is the, kind of the best bang for the buck. It's the safest, got the most research done on it, it's the most cost-effective, uh, the long-lasting uh, treatment that we can offer to patients. And would you share with the audience also what you learned about bleaching around orthodontic brackets and the bond strengths? Oh, some concerns, thank you, some concerns have been that uh, we're going to cause some problems with orthodontics. We actually, with Fred Rugerberg at the Medical College of Georgia, we did a study that showed that the composite in orthodontic brackets is actually cured further by bleaching because of the oxygen that's in there. So uh, either nothing's going to happen and the brackets are going to be bonded at the same bond strength, or they're actually going to get bonded on stronger. But again, we found, uh, as I said earlier, that we can't isolate that little spot under the bracket from bleaching. It's going to bleach underneath that anyway. It's just more noticeable when you take off the brackets because you're seeing the composite that remains on the tooth, which is an easy way to know that you've got to sand a little bit more of that off because it's mm-hmm. going to penetrate those 25 to 50 microns depending on the edge. But have no fear of, of uh, the, the brackets debonding because of bleaching because it'll actually make them stronger. And when my youngest son went through orthodontics, I just made bleaching trays and he squirted that stuff in there every night because I didn't want to have those white spot lesions to deal with when he, when he got done. Because some, some teenagers do a better job than others, but most of them don't do a very good job around orthodontic brackets. No. So anything we can do to make it better for them, regardless of the little additional cost compared to the big picture of the orthodontics and the cost of doing restorative things on white spot lesions is, is, is just the thing to do. ACP is a new thing that's coming out for remineralization, but you have to catch the lesion less than a third of the way through. It, it can't have that glossed over look, so it's got a very limited window of when you can remineralize a white spot lesion. Um, so it's better to prevent them than it is to try to deal with them after the fact. We've covered a lot of information, and, and people go to the website, and they, t- they talk about things they could show their patients and stuff. And so um, I finally have been working on a book here for about a couple of years, and it's basically supposed to be a chairside book for dentists to be able to show their patients what kind of results they can get or they cannot get with bleaching. So it's just strictly about tray bleaching called night guard vital bleaching. Quintessence is going to be putting it out that the flyers are coming out at this meeting right here at, at, at Vegas. And so hopefully it'll be out by the end of the year. It's under $100, and it'll be about 450 illustrations of all the things that we wow. talked about, and all the things that have been in these different articles, so that the dentist can have some way to give the patient uh, both hope for what they might be able to get, say, in the tetracycline kind of thing, and also realistic expectations when they think they're going to be like the guy on uh, Friends when he whitened his teeth. And <laughs> Ross, yeah. Uh, uh, but that, you know, this is what's realistic to expect, and you know, this is what bleaching will do. So hopefully that will be a, a, a help to the profession in um, being able to explain to patients the, the, the realistic picture of what bleaching can do for them. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for part two of our discussion with Dr. Haywood. He will talk about bleaching sensitivity, carbamide peroxide versus hydrogen peroxide, bleaching lights, and tetracycline stains. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for an upcoming podcast, please send an email to ultradentnews at ultradent.com. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 1-800-268-9010.